This is a HeadGum Podcast. Today's show is sponsored by Miracle Made. And oh my God, you guys, you know that I love a luxurious set of sheets. And I now have such a set of sheets because of a Miracle Made. They are bedding that has been inspired by NASA. They've got silver-infused fabrics that actually make temperature regulating a thing. Uh, so you're not, like, getting too hot or too cold or whatever. You know, the whole thing that happens with your body's temperature losing its mind, Miracle Made helps with that. One of the little things that my husband particularly loves about Miracle Made is that it, like, doesn't have as much bacteria as regular sheets because of it's infused with this silver that prevents up to 99.7% of bacterial growth. So it leaves the sheets cleaner for longer. And then the thing for my husband is that it doesn't give him acne, which is like an issue for some people. But more than all of that, it's just luxuriously comfortable and delightful. And it has that cooling feeling while also being cozy. Very hard to achieve those two things at the same time. I mean, miracle made. Come on. Well done. So here's what I think you should do. I think you should go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation and buy some sheets today. And if you order today, you can save 40% off. Use the promo code FAKETHENATION at the checkout, and you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. So there's just a lot of savings here, folks. Order today. You'll get 40% off. Use the promo code FAKETHENATION. Go to trymiracle.com slash FAKETHENATION. And Miracle's so confident in their product, it's backed with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you're not 100% satisfied which I don't see happening, um, you'll get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to trymiracle.com slash fakethenation and use the code fakethenation to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40% off. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash fakethenation to treat yourself. Thank you, Miracle Made, for sponsoring this episode. Fake the Nation, episode 274. Hello, hello, this is Fake the Nation, where we talk about news, we talk about culture, and where we learn that the singer Megan Trainer has side-by-side toilets. You know, so you can keep the conversation going with your partner when you have to poop. I learned that this morning, and it's among the things that I wish I could unlearn, uh, because my husband has never even seen me pee. We're just not like that. Uh, we want to keep the mystery alive, so I will not be indulging in side-by-side toilets, but I just felt like everyone else should know since I've suffered through the knowledge of it. Today, we're going to talk about a toilet of another sort with our quarterly check-in on Trump and his fans. We'll also talk about the bad art friend, what it means and why everyone is up in arms about it. And finally, uh, the world of culture in Involving Kim Kardashian on SNL and Chappelle on Netflix. Uh, we'll ask who wore it better. Uh, today, I am joined, oh my gosh, by two wonderful comedians. I'm so excited for them to be on the show for the very first time joining us. Um, and I hope not the last because she is utterly delightful. It is uh, the actor, the writer, the comedian, the host of The Scroll Down, another headgum show. Uh, it is the wonderful Nicole Thurman. Hey, Nicole. Hello, hello. How are you? Thank you for having me. Oh my God, so excited to have you. And you 
joining us for the one millionth time. This is his millionth anniversary on Fake the Nation. Uh, he is a writer. He's a producer. He's a comedian who I've just seen make audiences so goddamn happy around the country. Uh, he's also a veteran of the U.S. Armed Forces. Side note. He is the wonderful Benari Poulton. Hey, Benari. Hey, it's so wonderful to be here for the millionth time. I millionth time. Just came from making audiences happy and now I'm here and now I'm you're just here. So it's excited. a li- we we haven't even had a million episodes of Fake the Nation. That's what's weird about how these numbers work out. It's the magic know? of my appearances on this yeah, show. Yeah, 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 yeah. The magic of Benari, as I've always said. Before we get into the show, I want to remind people uh that I have a Patreon. It exists. Uh, and just recently, we dropped an episode called The Unwritten Rules of Life with Christian Finnegan and Selena Coppock. It's so funny. You can listen to it by supporting the show on Patreon at patreon.com slash Farsad. And you know what? The thing is, you can support the show for as little as a dollar if you just want to make sure it keeps going. You can also support the show for as little as $4 for free episodes. That's when the freebies start kicking in. Uh, and $4 is just like buying me a cup of instant oatmeal once a month. You know what I mean? From your low local bodega. Um, although I believe they don't use the term bodega in most other places. Do they? They do not. I don't is think they right? use the term oatmeal anymore. And they and oatmeal is very is a very coastal elite term <laughs> I'm, I'm learning right now. Um, so anyways, go to patreon.com slash Nikki and Farsad and you could do all of that. And now let us get into it with topic number one. So... Okay, we read a piece in the New York Times that has taken the internet by storm. It's called Who is the Bad Art Friend by Robert Kolker. And I'm just going to try and give you guys a brief summary. Basically, there's this woman um, named Don Dorland who donated a kidney. And she is a part of this, like, writerly community in Boston. Um, you know, she's written short stories. She's a part of this this group where they do seminars and blah, blah, blah. And uh, she posted on an, a Facebook group of these writers, like, I gave a kidney and and I guess it didn't get enough reaction or something <laughs> for her liking. <laughs> and but anyways, it turns out people had in fact read the post and were tracking it. And one of these people um, was Sonia Larson. Sonia Larson ended up using that nugget of the um, of the kidney donation um, as a premise for a short story that she wrote that ended up getting later published and made into an audio thing and was a prestigious kind of short story selection award and was kind of giving her a lot of um, credibility. She didn't earn very much money from it uh, as, as one does not in entertainment and in art, you you know, but she was getting some um, kind of uh, notice for this piece. And then the woman who did the donation, Don Dorland, was like, wait a second, that's based on me and I should be getting credit. And there she sued and there was cease and desists and there's all the I mean, it, it, the story goes on and on and it's not done. Right. Their lives are still horrendously consumed by whatever the, by, by this thing that happened. So first, I want to ask you guys. Can how much like credit should you get for donating a kidney? Like what is how many if you donated a kidney, what is your expectation of like your social media posts? comment section (laughs) well I think that for me it's like naturally you should expect to get a lot of likes on something saying like I donated a kidney or I did some kind of good work yeah but but the problem to me is when you expect to get a bunch of likes and don't and then get irritated or weird about it I think that is where it gets messy because you 
a lot of people, I mean, just in general, I feel like a lot of people these days are doing uh, charity or just doing good deeds, sometimes just for recognition, right, sometimes for just photos. for likes. Yeah, for yeah. the photos, for the gram, for the yeah, likes and the shares, totally. which it's like, sure, that's obnoxious. And I think it's awful. I can't stand when people do that. But at the same time, if that's what gets their rocks off, then like they can have that. But then when they get like weirdly defensive and angry when they don't get enough likes, that's when it becomes like pathological and weird to me. Right. And and it's weird because it it also see it and in her emailing to people and stuff like that. It she did seem like annoyed. She wasn't it's not like we're gleaning this. Like there was the actual text no. text-based evidence of her being annoyed about not getting enough recognition. Right. Yeah, I don't I don't mind performative charity giving as long as the charity, you know, is is done. Is given. Is given. Right, 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 right. However, <laughs> at that point like Go fuck yourself. Like, (laughs) you did the deed. Good for you. Like, you did it. Great. The world goes on. Lots of other people gave a kidney, too, because it's a thing. People donate organs all the time, and nobody talks about it. And if you can tell that my Boston has come out, I don't think it's appreciated (laughs) enough. Like, I'm from Boston, so righteous indignation runs through my veins like, Duncan's iced coffee. And <laughs> like, I love that this took place in the Boston literary scene. Yes. But like, all I could hear was like, you donated a kidney. You think you're better than me? I got two, kid. Go fuck yourself. Like, yeah. <laughs> the thing that's amazing about this is that, yeah, it's so Boston the way this was done. It's like, I'm going to do something good. I gave a kidney. I don't even know who I'm giving it to. I'm just going <laughs> to give a kidney because I want to feel great. Hey, guys. Don't you, aren't you proud of me? And no, everyone's like, eh, I got fucking work. I, right, I, I, right, right. I got to clock in. I got, we're in a pandemic. I got shit to do. And then, and of course, though, the thing that's also kind of overlooked is people shouldn't do group chats anymore. <laughs> no more group chats. No good has ever, there's, I've Wait, never. So explain why the group chat comes into play. Well, the group chat came into play is because she apparently, the thing that set her off was that she's on a group chat with all these all these people who didn't give her enough love and just kind of ignored her. But then one of the people in the group chat wrote a story based on her experience. Right. And then there were separate group chats that did not include her. Yeah, and there had to be separate. There's always, that's the thing with group right? chats too. This this is, is, there's always the branch chat. off. Yes. There's always that moment. There's never yes. been a group chat that does not never. spawn a splinter group group oh. chat. Oh. And then that One person like, says something, the whole group chat goes silent and then you know they're going to branch off and they're talking somewhere else about what you just Absolutely. said. Absolutely. <laughs> and then that splinter group will splinter off into a smaller group chat oh, yeah. to complain about the people in that splinter group that's complaining about the people in the regular And this chat. is how the, the papacy went down, uh, you know, in, in Italy, right? Like, we've seen how splinters work. Uh, yeah, that's how you get Lutherans. Because, <laughs> but, like, I... So, so the thing... So the thing that I think is really maybe specifically interesting to us as comedians is using the kernel. And we talked a little bit about this when Cat Person came out. But it's using how much... Was the writer responsible to the kidney donor for, hey, I used your kidney story as like as, you know, a jumping point for a story that is not about you. I don't know you enough or whatever. It's just that you posted this thing about your kidney. 
And I thought that was like a, a jumping point for me to write a short story. Mind you, in early iterations of that short story, not the published version, but the early iterations of that short story that were kind of like done at readings or whatever, where, where writers kind of uh, share their work as they're working on it, works in progress. The ver- the email, the, the post, the, the Facebook post that the kidney donor had written was basically intact like it was the right. literal post right. um in her story of course later on that was changed and blah, blah 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 so what did you think of that aspect of it that she used this information to write a story i think it's one thing to use information or to use like you said a kernel of the story or be like oh someone donated a co- kidney to you know they don't know who the recipient's going to be and then they got really annoying on social media about it when no one gave them credit for it that's a kernel but then when she used like the exact facebook post that's when she took it to the next level of like that's shady and that that makes her in that part of the story the bad art friend for taking literally literally the post verbatim and putting it in a story like you can't do that that's doing too much Right, yeah. which, by the way, wasn't the. I should reiterate, not the published version did not include. Right, that. but she but had to I be think called even on it first. Yeah, she had to be called on that first. And yeah, so, she had to be called out on it first. Look, I think what we're really talking about here, though, is that like we're putting bad art friend in quotes, and like friend should be in quotes. None of these people are friends. These are not your friends. Oh, these yeah, people aren't friends. They friends. don't like each other. They know each other socially, I guess, and use each other for whatever is going. Like one person. Person donated kidney and wanted to get attention from this other group of people and this other group of people like was using that as fodder for whatever they were going to create which by the way as comedians like i if i talk about shit to like my friends in the comedy world i'm like always 73 percent sure it's gonna end up on stage if it's like if it's like funny enough or if like i get shit on like you kind of know you throw something out there you're like ah that's going to end up on stage. God damn it. Yep. <laughs> what right, was but, this group? It's a group of, they're a group of just like writing group of friends. They don't really yeah. know each other. They're not like hangout friends. Like Some of them are. Some writing. of them are hangout friends. Okay. But the, but the Lars, but the two main women are not hangout friends. Like, yeah, they're not they're, friends. I guess they're qu- acquaintances. They're not friends. They're just known in the community to each other. But I would say that I have a weird rule. I think I have a weird rule, which is that if I... I'm in a conversation with people and something comes out of it that feels like a joke. Uh, if it's comedians, I'll be like, I should I just say out loud, I might use that just yes. so it's like, hey, and if you have any issues, say it now. I might use yeah. that. Yeah. Um, and also and the, then, you check with the, the person. Look, I've had. Yeah, you check in. I've but had, with civilians, I don't I don't always check in. Right. So I think that that's the other right. thing is that like yeah. in, the, in the world of of this, we're kind of used to um, curating other people's stories sometimes for our own purposes as artists or whatever we want to call ourselves. And I think that there is a fine line. And I think that also, um, you know, you have to be aware that like, yeah, people's feelings are going to get hurt sometimes and you need to own that. Um, The flip side of that, though, is like nobody like this is the thing that I found. I mean, I've had. I've had material stolen sometimes inadvertently and mm, overtly, advert, I've, yeah. you know, I've had uh, I've had people use elements of my story and their stories and make it about them and all, all that shit happens. And to varying degrees, 
you know, it depends on the relationship. But in the end, what I found is that outside of those circles, no one gives a shit. No yeah, one, ca- no, yeah, one yeah, yeah. no one cares. No one cares. When someone takes your stuff. I want to say. I want to say. What's interesting about this too is that Dor- Dorland, uh, who's the kidney donor, you know, she really gets stricken with a- like anger over this, mm-hmm. and she really feels betrayed and takes it on a legal route that is now spanning years, right? And is way spend. They both have to spend so much money. I mean, it, it honestly seems kind of ridiculous. And I want to. Part of me was like. Well, if she feels that strongly, da, 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 like good for her. And the reason I felt like good, I mean, because the, the piece is written to make you like question your allegiances to, you know, to each person in the story at every moment. But part of the reason is like I wrote a thing. So I directed a thing for a network that shall remain nameless. And um, and I, I had to rewrite a bunch of scripts. And the when I went in to direct this thing, um, they were like, oh, we loved what you did to that. It would make for a great series of its own. And I was like, that's great. And as the creator of that series, like, I would be so happy to create for you. And because I'm the creator, I created a thing that I created. And so I'm just gr- glad to be a part of creation in this way. And I just <laughs> made it clear to the executives, like, do not steal from right. me. Cut right. to six months later. <laughs> <laughs> a comedian like was like, oh my god, Nagin, that thing you did—it's it's so exciting that it's getting made, like piloted. And I was like, I'm gonna fucking kill everybody. They stole from me. They stole from me. And there's no—we had a great relationship. They loved my work. There's really no reason to steal from me. But at the level I was, I had no recourse, and I just had to let it happen anyways. The pilot never went anywhere. But it makes me mad. It, in that situation, it's obviously a huge n- network stealing from a mouse, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, why would you do that? You have everything. I have nothing. Why? Why would you do that? And um, and so, and I felt like I had no legal recourse. In this situation, it's like two, one person who's not terribly published, mm-hmm. you know, not terribly su- successful as a writer, although has reached some kind of like level of personal success, I suppose, and kidney donation success. Um, and a woman who is more successful. And then there's also this interestingly complicated issue where Larson, who the the writer who wrote about it, is also Chinese American. She's, you know, mixed race. And, uh, you know, so there's also these other elements of like, she's writing a white savior story. And, you know, so she's kind of like, that person is being the white savior, is like enacting the white savior narrative through this lawsuit, um, which I also thought was interesting. Now, in this situation, it's like two people that don't have much fighting it out, which feels a little ridiculous. It feels like America. <laughs> I'm wondering too if like honestly if if the if the if pe- more people had liked the post about kidney donation would any of this been going on I know if she <laughs> like, just felt validated I f- honestly feel like I wonder if like if she if why is she getting so angry about it is she so angry because like no one gave me attention but then they wrote this thing about me if she had gotten all of the attention and then someone had written the thing about her maybe she'd be like well shit <laughs> like I'm kind of cool yeah I mean look she pitched this to the New York Times, I feel like over a couple of years till they finally relented and were like, oh, you want this story published? Do you think this is going to make you look good? Fine, we'll publish it. And mm-hmm. and 
but I feel like she's gotten the attention she wanted. Oh, I didn't realize yeah. that she had been pitching. This she for had two been years. pitching it around. and Was like, hey, this kidney story. Uh, what do you think about yeah. this? And the what about what about these lawsuits? Huh? Uh, uh, haven't heard back from you guys. Like this seems like a little bit. She definitely wanted the attention, and I think yeah. Nicole, you're absolutely right. If you yeah. just smash that like button early. All right, right. Is that is that the moral of the story, Nicole? Smash the like that just smash the like, a like button. A like is it's not going to take any time out I'm today. I'm going to say smash also like throw in a heart emoji, and you're really securing yourself. You know what Leave I mean? Leave me a comment. Throw a share on there. Share it. Share it. It's not going to hurt you. It's just going to give that that's person right. popularity. But that's all we want in this world is dopamine and popularity. Oh, that's right. It's so sad. We're scrolling it's we through want. Instagram constantly. I'm liking all the shit I said. I saw it. I like it. Boom. Great. Yeah, Good yeah, job. Yeah, yeah. You, you took the time. You put it up there. I'm going to give you what yeah. you want. Here you go. Hey, also, you know, and I've forgotten about it already. And everybody's oh, happy. Yeah, exactly. And also, if, like, if I have a crush on you, please watch all of my Instagram stories. Don't just watch one. Watch all of them, please. Really all the way through. Feeling. Maybe sometimes I don't want to Yeah. All the way through. Just throw a like. Throw one fire emoji. I'll know fire that emoji. That the little, oh, yeah. The little oh, laughing faces. God. That was great. We're, yes. we're, I think the, 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 what's, what's the, the, the other alternate title to this uh, story, besides Bad Art Friend, is Needy Motherfuckers. We're all needy motherfuckers, and this is a, this is a you know um, an examination of that. All right, folks, did you read the story? What did you think? Who did you, did you come down on one side, on both sides, all, all sides? What's what, where are you in this? Uh, let me know um, on the social medias because you're going to be there liking everything yeah. that I do just because I need it because I'm a needy motherfucker. Also, if I donated a kidney, I would. It would be in my bio. I would, by the way, if you've <laughs> donated a kidney, yeah, no, completely, completely kidney yeah. donor, hashtag kidney donor. Yes. Uh, I would, I, I just want to say if, in case I was very flip about her kidney donation, what a mensch. What a like, mensch. that's a great, that's great. That's a great thing she did. She, she fucking saved someone's without, life. That's yeah, fucking great. Less. That's great. That's fucking great. She didn't great. even know who the recipient was going to be. She just did it blindly. I mean, Ended that's up pretty... being an Orthodox Jewish man. Uh, who who would have thunk? You know what I mean? Love what it. a good job. Truly good job. bless this mess. And also mm. multiple likes, and I would have heart emojied as well if I was there, if I knew you. Okay. Let, let me know what you think. In the meantime, we're going to take a quick break to learn about our sponsors, and then we're going to come back and we'll talk about something unpleasant, but we're going to tr- we're gonna make it fun. This HeadGum Podcast is brought to you by AuraFrames. That is right. Uh, from grandmothers to new mothers, aunts, even the friends of your life, every mom loves an AuraFrame. Holy shit, even aunts? Yes, especially aunts. Oh, well. Because it was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter and selected as one of Oprah's favorite things. I mean, these AuraFrames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. I believe it. You have an AuraFrame, don't you? Yes, I actually more than believe it. I know it. Uh, I've got one for my mom, my mother-in-law, my grandmother-in-law. And dare I say your aunt? And dare you say my aunt and my aunt-in-law. Everyone's got one. Everyone loves them. I mean, Mother's Day is right around the corner, and there's no better gift than a digital photo frame. You give them the frame. It's got preloaded pictures in there. And you know what? You can update it with an app. So every time you take a new picture of a sweet little uh, person or place or thing in your life, it gets automatically sent to that frame. Exactly. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. Holy smokes. Excellent deal. Yeah, that's A-U-R-A frames.com. You use the code HEADGUM at checkout to save. HEADGUM. Nice. Yes. 
HeadGum. It's easy to set up. It's loved by everybody, including Oprah, including your aunt. Mm -hmm. So do check them out. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code HeadGum at checkout to save. Damn right. And terms and conditions apply, of course. Of course. Thanks again to Aura. (sighs) The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. And we are back and we're ready for topic number two. You all know that I don't like to talk about Trump. Uh, I, in fact, talked about him um, some months ago and asked, maybe you were even on Benari, I don't remember, asked, like, is it okay for us to talk about this fucking guy who is no longer our president? He's just a <laughs> dude who lives on a golf resort. Why am I talking about him? Um, and in fact, I haven't really talked about him much um, in the last uh, several months, but infrequently, I feel that we must remember that he still has some kind of impact on a certain subset of the American population and that he could run for office again and that he is certainly making his endorsements known for 2022 and that that is a little dangerous. So let's just wait before let's we're going to talk about a senate report that was released about uh his acts of sedition but before we get into that just where are you guys now with trump like where is he in your brains does he have a space the way he used to or have you excised him Mm, it's kind of like trauma where you forget it even happened until someone brings it up and then you're like oh my god that did happen (laughs) like (laughs) honestly when i when i saw we were talking about trump today i was like oh my god like no was my first thought (laughs) and then my second fair which is fair and then my second thought was like oh my god like he really is still an entity that could come back and try to run again and make this all happen again it's it's crazy to think about for me i i was i was like i'm taken aback by this story yeah yeah benari i'm uh did did i did i cause you um, harm as well (laughs) no it doesn't cause me harm but it is it's it's mind-boggling that we spent four years being like, this motherfucker's crazy. Like, he stared at the sun. He looked directly at the sun, and then he didn't go blind. So, there, of course, there's no consequences for him, because if that didn't do it, why would you think there are consequences for anything? The guy, you know, stood next to Vladimir Putin was like, oh, yeah, no, my intelligence agencies are a bunch of assholes. I believe this guy standing next to me. He's a great guy. And, like, kissed his ass on the world stage. And that was like... That's a, it's like a barely a footnote in the four years. Like he tweeted out Kofifi and and we had and <laughs> at three in the morning. And that's like not OK for the president of the United States to be uh, yeah. Yeah, like this guy was throwing super Twice spreader impeached. COVID yeah. parties. I mean, this yeah. guy like they were just like in the I mean, this it's it, we love a con artist. This fucking country which was founded by con artists. Which you, by the way, fought for. I feel like I, I, you get to say stuff like that more than the average person. Continue. Sure. And of course, <laughs> Just as you a know, reminder. And of course, my opinions are my own and in no way reflect those of the United States Army, the U.S. Army Reserve, coalition partners, the government, anyone real or imagined, of course. Um, <laughs> but I think that this this really goes to, I think, our 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 pension for we just we really, really love cults. In this country, 
and we love a cult of personality. We love a personality who can just, we can get behind and stop thinking about anything else. Just tell us which direction we're going in and then we're just going to follow you. And if the, and if the people that we like uh, make other people pissed off, we like that person even more because right. now it's about the pissing off the other side. And we're, and it's, it, it's so irrational. It's so, it's so visceral to me is that it's to me it's less about trump the person and more about how the republican party is using the idea and the and the and the people that will follow him no matter what to consolidate their power on the local level that's that's the part that concerns me because if he was even semi-competent they would have gotten away with it on January 6th. Well, the, and the, by the, the way, I want to talk bad. about this. The Senate right. release. So the Senate report that was released um, points out a, a bunch of things. And, and unless you guys, you know, some of these things, I think we all know some of these things. I didn't actually know the details. So I thought it was really great at pointing out everything that that happened. Um, it talks. I'll just I'll just boil down some of the main points. There was relentless direct pressure on officials um, at the uh, Department of Justice to overturn election results. There was nine documented phone calls with DOJ officials about it. Um, the forced reg- resignation of at least uh, one U.S. Attorney, that's uh, Georgia's uh, BJ Pak. I thought I don't know if you guys remember that, but he, you know it's because he believed uh, Trump believed that Pak wasn't doing enough to support his false claims of election fraud in Georgia. Um, there was uh, that time when the acting Attorney General Jeff Rosen told the president that, like you know, quote, we can't just we can't and won't just flip a switch and change the election. And in response to that, uh, Trump said, you know, look, just say that the election was corrupt and then leave the rest, quote, leave the rest to me and the GOP congressman. Um, so there were the, the there were legitimate moments, forgetting the like January 6th part and the not calling, you know, um, the the reserves and all of that, forgetting all of that stuff around January 6th and the slow response. There was a and an, there was literal trying to overturn results right uh and we there's so much evidence of it and at the time we had a chance during that second impeachment to exercise one of the clauses of the constitution to make it impossible right. for him to run again we did not amendment. operate that the 13th amendment there, yeah, we didn't mm. we didn't operate we didn't do that uh even though it seemed like that really would have been the moment because <laughs> now he's out doing a rally again nicole did you know he was in iowa he had a rally and he was endorsing people and one of the people he was endorsing this is my favorite crazy of the week uh was chuck grassley chuck grassley had said during after the the whole january 6th thing is he said the reality is he lost he brought over 60 lawsuits and lost all but one of them he wasn't able to challenge enough votes to re- overcome president biden's significant margins like basically grassley said a bunch of reasonable things um and now he decided to run for office again even though he's 88 so that's an interesting choice oh, for an 88-year-old. Grassley's 88. Uh-huh. Uh, and he's running for Senate again. It's a six-year term. Just do the math. Don't they just go to take a little nap on a lazy boy in front of the baseball game? I mean, what is the That's, deal? It's sort of like, to me, like getting Botox at 88. Like at 88, <laughs> I'd just be like, let it go. Let it go. be uh, real. Let's also just, you know, not to put too fine a point on it. Please, but put the fine Grassley point on it, But Grassley is one of the three people whose life was in danger on that day. It was 
Nancy Pelosi, Mike Pence, and Chuck Grassley because the oldest member of the Senate <laughs> is the is the de facto next in line because that gets you that gets you like fourth in line in the presidency. Oh my god! So That's those so were the three people. Those were the three people that were being targeted for murder. <laughs> I can't. I can't. And now and then he went, motherfuckers and then, out there and being in, like, ah, this guy, he lost all the lawsuits. He's in Iowa. He yeah. And he, this is what he said. This is what Grassley said when Trump um, uh, gave him his endorsement. And he went on stage and he said, if I didn't accept the endorsement of a person that's got 91% of the Republican voters in Iowa, I wouldn't be too smart. So... <laughs> It, it, it's funny because it wasn't the kind of endorsement like, oh my god, it means so it's so meaningful me to it's so means so Coming much to me from such a great guy from such yeah. a great man to get this. It was like truly about polling, yeah. you know. But anyways, he still took that endorsement, um, and I'm just like, at 88, if you don't get to live by your actual morals. What do you have? Maybe the guy's like a right to die guy secretly and is just like, poof, I was really hoping that this was going to do it, but I just can't die. <laughs> I need to be like, maybe, like, I don't know. It's so it, like the nihilism is yeah. is mind boggling. Like it is a death yeah. cult. Like the embrace yeah. from COVID to to the January 6th insurrection to the violence, you know, th this embrace of like fuck it we're all gonna die i don't know how you deal with that on a on a on a political level well also don't you i mean i also because I'm, I'm not super politically like you know smart <laughs> but like i just think it also just seems like such a um it's an it's an it's anything to win. It's like, we'll say anything to win. We'll do anything to win. We'll kneel to anyone to win. Like, we'll lose all of our morals. We have no scruples. We don't care. Like, it's the same thing of like, they know Trump is the popular guy. So they just go with it. Like, it's weird because right. they outnumber him. Like, it, they yeah. could easily mm -hmm. change the narrative. And I don't understand right. why they don't recognize their own power. I want them to go to like a nice Tony Robbins convention or something <laughs> and find their own voice. You know what I mean? They do. They need to do themselves. some work. Well, they need, to, they need work. to look inward. The they do. And the thing that's also very uh, insidious about this is that because they've sort of drawn this line in the sand when it comes to reality, um, mm. they've made it a partisan issue where it's Democrats versus Republicans. So right. for Congress to actually do their job, because Congress is the only entity with the authority to do anything about an insurrection. Um, at the at the highest levels. Right. They've they've put Democrats in Congress in the position of they technically are going after their political opponents. So they've maneuvered by, by just by just ignoring reality, by ignoring subpoenas, by removing themselves from their their actual uh, duties. They've they've put Democrats in the position of the only people they can go after are Republicans, which on the surface looks like Democrats are just engaging in quid pro quo as well, just like the just like Donald Trump did and just like the Republicans did. So if you're just a casual observer, you're going, oh, well, both sides do it. This is just mm -hmm. right, 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 this is right, just right, politics. Right. But yeah. one side actually legitimately tried to stop the democratic process and violently overthrow our democratically yeah, elected no, leaders. Right. Yeah. And the other no, side's the, the, trying to be like, we don't want that to happen again for yeah. anybody. Yeah. But both yeah, sides the, are bad. It's, the coverage makes the both sides uh, thing to the casual observer really easy, like a really yeah. easy landing place. And it's. 
Um, because, you know, we're not all all media savvy people. We're not mm. all like following the news at this level. You know what I mean? No. I get it. I have people in my family that just are not following the, the following these things this way. And so they're just hearing little tidbits. And so something may come off as reasonable mm-hmm. or truthful um, when it, you know, from the Trump campaign. And it's neither of those things. And then it's like, oh, my God, how do we even do the work to 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 get over that? Which is part of the reason I didn't want to talk about him because I don't <laughs> want to give him more oxygen, you know, because it just popularizes him. But also the elections of 2022 are going to happen, right? They're about a year away. We need to know what the fuck we're doing. We need to start organizing now. And this is just my little way of like saying, hey, fake the nation listeners. It's okay. Don't don't get stressed out. Don't get negative. We're only doing optimism. But like start joyfully paying attention to your candidates um, for Congress and for Senate for 2022. Joyfully. that's, That's the point. It's not you're not popularizing him. He's already popular. And what they're doing is they're capitalizing on his popularity among these groups. And they're doing it at the local level, which is where we have to come in. Like, if you think if you think these um, protests at school boards are about just mask mandates and vaccines, the people who are screaming at school board members are, you know, they also will. We I think we know who they're voting for. Right. Right. Well, if they scream so much at school board members, the school board members leave. Who's on the school board now? And if they're screaming at uh, city hall workers and the people who count the votes and decide things on the local levels, who's going to replace them? Who are they going to vote for? So these are the things that we need to be looking at in terms of the interconnectivity of these uh, of of the local politics of it all, because the local politics of it all, that's what's going to decide the national elections in 2022 and beyond. All right. Well, uh, on that note, um, let me know. Uh, Again, we're not hopeful. We're not getting stressed out. We're not getting stressed out. We're just like going to joyfully. Yeah, we're just going to joyfully start thinking about it. And Mm -hmm. it's going to be fun and it's going to be cute. And democracy is is a great way to connect with your community. So that's what we're going to do. It's not a big it's like let's not stress out. Okay. All right. We're going to move on to the next topic. But before we do, I just want to thank people who have been writing Apple reviews on Apple Podcasts. Oh, my God. Folks, thank you so much for doing this. And, you know, writing a review really helps people find the show. Um, so so please, uh, you know, go and, and write a review. It can be simple. It could just be an emoji. You know what I mean? Smash the the likes, as they say. Um, and I just wanted to point out a couple of people who, who left such delightful reviews. Uh, Wowza wrote a five-star review. You, thank you. If you're someone like me who isn't on social media and ignorant on on some current events, but you love the feeling of eavesdropping on a dinner party or joining a group of friends with strong opinions, you will enjoy the perspective Nagin and her guests provide on today's society. Thank you, Wowza. That's so nice. Also, um, from D- Dr. LS437, which is probably elite speak for something, and I'm reading it incorrectly. Uh, they also gave us a five-star review saying, love this show, love Nagin. Um, and this was actually a really like long and wonderful uh, review. I'll just point out a little part of it. So happy I started listening to this show. So much entertainment and insight from Nagin and her awesome guests. And side note, sometimes I have to make sure I'm not playing the podcast at one and a half speed because Nagin talks so fast. <laughs> so anyways, uh, and, and the, the, I'm impressed by your diction. Thank you. 
uh, <laughs> for being impressed by Best my diction. Best diction in the biz. <laughs> <laughs> this, you know what? It's not the first time I've heard it. I don't mean to brag. Uh, no, no, no. It's funny because once the, the what are the um, pieces of advice I got from Lewis Black, uh, you know, uh, wonderful, uh, legendary comedian, Lewis Black. I'll just pick uh, up this name you dropped over here. Hang on. Yeah, yeah no, sorry, um, guys. I, I'm, I'll throw down a few more if, you, if we have time. Um, <laughs> but Lewis Black said to me once, because he's uh, Lewis Black. He's very famous. Um, he said to me, uh, <laughs> he said, Nagin, you talk really fast and sometimes you you when you're on the road you should slow down <laughs> because I talk because I talk about so anyways it's so funny uh, he said something similar to me when I donated oh, a kidney to Lewis okay. Black and <laughs> oh, it's funny when I was talking to Trevor Noah he didn't say anybody oh well, that's way, so. weird okay <laughs> <laughs> all right let us move on to topic number three Folks, everyone has been talking about two things. One, Kim on SNL, and two, Chappelle on Trans Folks on Netflix. If you haven't seen either, um, uh, it's okay. We're going to talk about it. <laughs> we're going to spoil it all, so don't worry. <laughs> um, but I, like, okay, it was it was just a big culture week. And let's start with Kim Kardashian, because it was the gentler of the cultural moments that we had. <laughs> In addition to um, fucking bad art friend, this is, I feel like, have been 10 days of just nonstop people get talking about stuff. But Kim Kardashian hosted SNL. I uh, I watched, um, you know, the monologue. I watched a couple parts of the show. Um, I'm a mom. Uh, and also just a person that has no time. So, uh, like, it's hard for me to watch more than, like, 20 minutes of entertainment in, in, on any given day. But um, I thought she did a delightful job, especially in the monologue, of lambasting herself, which is kind of all you want out of a person of that stature. What did you guys think? Yeah, I think it's really easy for people to come on there and like kind of have everything super controlled and presentational and only do things to a certain point. But I do think it's cool that she let herself be made fun of because everybody knows, hopefully including her, that kind of the thing about the Kardashians is people either want to look exactly like them or mock them mercilessly. So it's nice that she kind of like embraced that and just let it happen and went with the writers and... They did a great yeah, job. Yeah, and I mean, if yeah. in mocked and mocked herself mercilessly yeah. to an extent that I feel like is very uncommon with hosts. I mean, it was yeah. like five percent more than anything we've seen in other hosts. I'll just say randomly. Yeah, I feel like they always come on very like controlled. They have so many things yeah. that they're going to talk about, and they're like only talk about things in certain ways. But it's yeah, yeah. it's like she was more loose with it and like really so. allowing people to go there and say the things that. It's almost like the things that people would say behind her back. She was saying to the audience. She was saying. She was saying. Yeah. Benari, what do you think? I mean, yeah, she's one of the most famous people on the planet. Um, So I think in terms of the jokes jokes you can get away with. It goes Lewis Black and then Kim Kardashian. (laughs) Uh, My kidneys. And then Benari's kidneys. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) But I I think, yeah, her willingness to go with the joke, to, to, to have a great sense of humor about things. I, I don't know. I don't know why anyone has problems with it. I mean, I, I legit don't. I mean, I don't. If you're a famous person who's been in the public eye for as long as she, she I'm surprised she hasn't hosted sooner. Yeah, um, <laughs> I would say she hasn't hosted sooner because she's not an actor. Yeah, but neither was Wayne Gretzky. 
Like neither was yeah. like you uh, know what when I mean. Like did they Wayne, have, when did Wayne Gretzky host when, SNL? Like you know, in the middle of his like championship run, like Peyton in the nineties like, or something. Yeah, they, they have sports stars host all the fucking time. That's true. No, you're right. You're yeah. right. You're right. So you're like, right. don't you don't come at me with the like. Well, she's not an actor. Like, well, she. Don't, I mean, I would him. say no. Elon Musk just hosted. <laughs> He's gonna get very serious <laughs> no. about this. I'm about to just see. I about this is about to be the one millionth and last appearance. What are you talking about, Nicole? You're seeing something. Something unprecedented that is getting uh, Benari fired wow. from Fake the Nation. No, wow. no, no, no. You're absolutely right. It's it's funny. I completely forgot of literally all of the other types of people that they have on. And Elon Musk. I mean, I per- here's they had John McCain once like here's- host who like could like could barely could barely get through the monologue, and then they put him in like sketches where he was just like, I'm here. And I'm John right. McCain. I'm not even playing another person. <laughs> okay. Now, here, one of the things I think is happening is that for some reason, Bonari is an SNL expert. And I had right. no idea. I thought I could talk at the level of, I don't know that much. This you is know? the thing. Sometimes you don't realize that someone's a, uh, an SNL freak until you start yeah, talking to them. Right. And then you're like, oh, shit. They oh, have shit. the archive material in their pocket right now. Like, they he know probably saw it. that John McCain episode more than once. He oh, was yeah. out there, like, quoting. Right now, yeah, I got yeah, it on a yeah. constant loop. No, I'm, look, okay. I grew up wow. with SNL and the number of like terrible hosts who like. Yeah, so like- I guess my my feeling is that's fine. I feel like she worked on it, and I feel like she probably worked hard, and I feel like she tried to buttress her own skills. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. which is great. Uh, in general, would just say to SNL, I totally get you're going to get higher ratings with these types of people on or whatever. I just love it when you have really good like comic actors on sure <laughs> you know what i mean like i love an alec baldwin if you give me alec baldwin every week i'll take it you know what i mean but they like, did. it's they like did so fun like they did years. i know i know i'm just saying i and look, i people and i appreciated need, it look their version of smashing the like button are the ratings they've been around yeah. for like 370 million years yes. uh and that shows an institution i, I mean like who's Who's watching SNL anymore but for the like, oh, and what's... Benari, just Benari. Just me. You're the one. Like, you, it's just you. But I think you're yeah. tuning in now for the for the car crash. Like, it's like NASCAR. Yeah. Oh, yeah like, you're waiting. Sure. Like, you're like, when, when's this going off the rails? For like, sure. when yeah. are they crashing like, into the wall? I was thinking about this when we were talking about Trump a little bit, too, with, like, the old school, like, GOP. Like, all of a sudden, they're kind of changing their ways to go with this popular piece of trash. But yeah. it's like Vogue magazine swore off the Kardashians forever. They were like, they were never going to have them on our magazine that's not going to happen and now they they feature the Kardashians all of the time and Mm -hmm. it's the same thing where it's like this old institution where I would prefer to see a model something like more high fashion whatever a designer but then they're showing these reality stars I think it's truly just come to the point where they're like what's gonna make people watch because they got to get those old school TV ratings look yeah they're a network show that's Mm -hmm. competing in the like digital era where we have cord cutters and you have streaming and like who's you know, who's watching this stuff? It's the people who are like, who have heard of Kim Kardashian, like, oh, well, I'll tune in to see how they're going to handle that one. And then next week, it'll be, you know, like they're just, just the talent alone or the performance alone. I'm sorry, but like, I don't think I'm saying anything, you know, groundbreaking here, but like SNL is not about (laughs) the sketches anymore. Like it's not (laughs) about the comedy anymore. Right, right, right. Okay. Well, let us move on to something where it may or may not also be about the comedy. Unclear <laughs> is Chappelle's special on Netflix. Um, now, I had a chance to watch it. Um, 
I don't know. I, I guess, and I know uh, maybe, Nicole, you didn't have a chance to watch it, but you've seen it mm-hmm. trending. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so let, I mean, so Benari, what did you think of the special, I guess, first comedically, and then we could talk about the controversy, or maybe you couldn't separate the controversy of it from watching it comedically. I don't know. what uh, Either is fair. Look, I, this is, it's also, I, I find it difficult to like critique comedians who and especially comedians who in my opinion are you know among the best at what they do i I think Mm. i think it's i i I think that dave Chappelle is one of the best comedians certainly of his generation um but but you know is is up there um what i find difficult is when the material doesn't hit at some point there's a recognition or there has to be a recognition that Am I doing this material because I really believe this material or am I being provocative on purpose because because I know I'm because I know it's provocative now? Am I doing it for the shock value or am I and 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 to and to poke at the at the hornet's nest or am I doing this because I really have something to say? And I think part of the problem that we have is that over the past couple of years, comedy itself and comedy audiences have evolved past the normal sort of shticky, these jokes always work. Yes, it's true. 20 years ago, people are probably laughing at a lot of the stuff that he's saying. And and the power dynamics have shifted a little bit. So in one sense, the punching up or punching down argument changes because um, the trans community has a lot more uh, visibility today. So it's more in, in the public eye, but there's still a marginalized community. So you're still punching down, even if they have more so power let than me, they used let to me have. Let me just clarify the the thesis of the special for people who may not know. Um, basically, when he was talking about DeBaby, he and the, there was like that DeBaby controversy from a f- couple months ago, whatever. Um, and, and where he said some things um about, you know, some negative things about the gay community. And I don't remember specifically what he said, but it was like, you know, about uh, AIDS, AIDS. And it was just yeah. weird. Yeah. yeah. And it was just fucked up stuff anyway, the baby said in a concert type setting. And Chappelle says, uh, and Chappelle points out, like, that's actually not the first time that baby's been a part of something kind of bad. He was a part of a shooting of a, 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 a black person in a Walmart or whatever. And he wrote, and he says in his special, in our country, you can shoot and kill an N-word, but you better not hurt a gay person's feelings. And that's kind of like the thesis of the special, which is that he's pointing out that we have a hierarchy of it, black people are targeted and no mm-hmm. one cares and they don't get canceled. Um, but if you do that to someone, uh, you know, in the gay community and trans community, you will get canceled. That's like the, the, the main, I think, thrust of his piece. And he talks about a trans woman that he, that opened for him. And I'm, I'm spoiling to the extent that they're spoiling in specials. But anyways, he talked about a trans woman, um, and how he, you know, how this, how he invited this trans woman to open for him at a show in San Francisco. Um, and that when the special came, when that, when a special came out, she supported him. And then she was dragged by like trans Twitter for supporting Chappelle. Um, and then, you know, at some point later, she actually commits suicide, which is like such a, you know, uh, tragic ending. And Chappelle doesn't say it specifically because of that, but he says it couldn't hurt that that, you know, it, it probably contributed. And, 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 you know, he sort of says, like, this woman was a part of my tribe, mm-hmm. which is comedians. 
uh, not not trans people, not black people, whatever comedians. Um, so he talks about it's. So he has this whole special constructed around some really kind of like gross met talks about what a trans person might look like, or just like hack jokes about physicality that were that are just like gross. And I think about stuff like that with you know, like if that joke was about Muslims, if it was just like well, you know, and I walked by this Muslim and they smelled like like lamb, obviously, or whatever, just dumb hack stuff. I would be like, that's hack. I don't like. And it's like the kind of stuff you would say 10 years ago, you know, I guess my question for you is, is there a hierarchy? Like, is it right that like you can get away with more stuff depending on what group you're targeting? And it's a crazy question. But I mean, that's the question he's posing. Well, it's an interesting question, too, because I mean, it's not that I think it's like when you start to compare the two that's not how it should be discussed. It's right. like, of course, right. this is a problematic thing and so is this a problematic thing. That doesn't mean that one problematic thing wins and the other loses. It's not real. Do- I don't think they relate as much because I do think like which is how it, which is how Chappelle sees it, I think. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that right. that's a pro- I personally think that's like a problematic way of arguing something because it's he's not wrong. You know what I mean? If uh, if uh, it, like with R. Kelly, R. Kelly got away with victimizing women for years, for years. and no one did anything and it was a lot of black women and a lot of black women are you know thought of as oh they're fast or oh they're easier or they you know they want to put themselves in that position whereas if it was a white woman it might not be the same situation a white woman goes missing the whole world is watching a black woman goes missing no one's watching i understand what he's saying i don't think that they are compared or that you should be able to make fun of one because people make fun of the other or whatever he's even trying to say with that, I think is very wrong. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think Helen, this- Helen Lewis wrote in The Atlantic, um, you know, she wrote gay and trans rights activism has achieved the kind of cultural veto that black Americans have failed to win through decades of struggle. So she's taken that the, that position. Uh, but but th- saying not in defense of Chappelle, her actual beef is that Chappelle has been um, shitty on women for mm-hmm. years talking about, you know, women, the way he refer you know, talks about women as bitches and whatever. And he's been doing that since day one. And everyone's just like, well, it's still funny. And so it's like we don't we don't have the same like standard for like for for women for some reason. And that's the point that she was trying to make. Right. And I and I think that the the underlying thesis that like we don't take violence seriously enough like that doesn't do especially in the black community. That's a that's a real you know, that is a real thing to be outraged over. But to transfer that anger over to another marginalized community is part of the ongoing yeah. cycle of violence that we're all trapped in. It's also Boom. it's like the divide. <laughs> it's it. like dividing <laughs> us instead of, you know, like what he does, what he fails to realize is this that trans people are part w- could be part of his coalition if his problem is you know if his as he says in the special like i don't have a problem with trans people i've always had a problem with white people you know right but and then, so his, but then of, the jokes don't follow that the jokes don't follow <laughs> right. that and, and, and right. i think and i think that this is like where we're you know what we rub up against is we also have to be honest about you know, where where people are coming from, there's a lot of truth in comedy, right? When as comedians, like we we try and and when you're at the level of Chappelle's stature. Yeah. He's not just trying stuff out now. He's at the top. Like he knows exactly what he's doing. He knows exactly what he's saying. So when he tells you something, it's the Maya Angelou thing of like when people show you who they are 
believe them. Believe them, At yeah. this point in his career, this isn't like a rookie mistake or I don't know how to construct jokes or I don't know how to make my point. He, right. This is the point he's trying to make. And I yeah. think that's the part that we that we find a little troubling. And it's like, Dave, right. I think you're really funny. I think you're a brilliant comedian. I don't think you're right on this issue. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Like, the truly, point you're trying to make, yeah. Yeah, like if he was driving your, if he was like driving your Uber and saying all this shit, you'd be like, oh my God, I'm going to get out this Uber because yeah. this guy is like, and he's on, so, he has such a large platform and speaks to so many people that it's not only like, it's problematic, but it's also like, it's dis, it's disinformation, just putting disinformation yeah. out into the world or, or a way of thinking and talking about a whole group of people that's super, that can, that can lead to violence, that can lead to harm, that can lead to, you know, people yeah. killing themselves and feeling unaccepted. And he's got the winning hand because he's going to be funnier than most of us. Yeah. When when he, right, when, he's he, gonna make he's gonna make a terrible point in a really charming way, and that's so annoying. <laughs> <laughs> like you, like sorry, like you won the talent, like you won the talent contest. Like yeah, yeah, not, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, you are yeah. you're way funnier than most of us. Right, right. But yeah. content wise, but content wise, like, that's why I think that's why people are. I think that's why people are actually really pushing hard against him because it's like, dude, with great power comes great responsibility. Right. Like you have so much power. When you I say this, you are, like- you are, you are moving the chains with the and, way you speak about this. And I also feel like he's five minutes away from a light coming on in his head. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He's so close. He's so close. Like you can see it. Like he's, he's, he cared deeply about a trans person. He da da da. Like I, I was like, oh, you're so close, buddy. Just get there. Just get there. You know what I mean? And he hasn't and it's, and it's odd. Um, I'm so curious to know all of your thoughts. Please let me know. Um, I, this, this as a comedian, but everyone has been talking about this. So, uh, this isn't even inside baseball. This is everyone's, everyone's baseball. What? That's a new expression. It's everyone's baseball. Um, all right. I mean, we're in the, pl- we're in the playoffs as you're well aware, Nagin. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I've I've talked about it constantly. The playoffs, of course. That is a thing that happens every year at this time. Um, all right. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Nicole Benari, that is the end of the show. What fun I have had speaking to you both. You're both just tremendous. Uh, what I would love is for the people of Faith Nation to be able to follow you and all the wonderful things that you do. Nicole, where do they do that? Oh, yes, please. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Nicole Thurman. It's N-I-C-C-O-L-E-T-H-U-R-M-A-N. Oh, and then right, remind them. Sorry, Nicole, remind them of your uh, oh, yeah. the, the name of your show. I'm really bad at this. And then watch or uh, listen to the scroll down with me and Marcella Arguello. You can get it anywhere you get your podcasts. Check it out. By the way, Marcella Arguello has been on this show, and one of the Apple reviews talks about her specifically on this show. So that must mean, I mean, a Nicole and Marcella. Uh, collab is just gonna you know make your head explode That's with right. joy your head will explode uh, Benari where do people find you uh, they can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Benari Lee B-E-N-A-R-I-L-E-E and uh, yeah follow me on the socials and you will be the first to know if and when I donate a kidney and I hope you uh, <laughs> smash that like button when it happens you better smash that like <laughs> 
Um, and folks, you know where to find me and all the things that I do. I am actually going to be on the Adult Swim Festival. It was just announced I'm going to be on the Adult Swim Festival um, that is digital this year, and it's going to be on November November 12th and 13th, uh, the Adult Swim Festival. So uh, tune in. Um, it's going to be really fun. The lineup of comedians is truly amazing. Uh, and, you know, I'm, I'm happy and honored to be on the Adult Swim uh, roster as a part of the show Bird Girl. So uh, I have a lot of Adult Swim love. Um, and I would really love to thank all the people that make this show possible. That's our wonderful producer, Danielle Jones-Wesley, our fantastic sound engineer, Stephanie Aguilar, all of the amazing people at HeadGum. Uh, the theme music was written by Gabby Alter. And don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. If you have an idea for the show, you can email us at fakethenation at headgum.com. And you can join the Patreon at patreon.com slash Farsad. And we will be back in your earballs next week. That was a HeadGum Podcast.